everybody. So I'm really, really excited. We are here to talk about one of my most anticipated movies of 2017. We're talking about The Breadwinner as a new animated indie film uh, that is going to be released this uh, Friday. And my friend Conrado is here to talk about it. He definitely is. <laughs> I am right here, ready to talk. Yes, we've had some really good podcasts in the past you want to check out. And uh, I, I'm just really excited to talk about this, uh, this independent animated film, which has been the strength of this year. Because the mainstream animated films have been okay to mm, not very good. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and, but the indie animated films have been really wonderful, the anime, in my opinion. And so I was really looking forward to this one. And uh, so... What was your just sort of base overall response to watching this film, The Breadwinner? Um, I liked it quite a bit. Um, I have actually not kept up with animation as much as I would like this year, mm -hmm. but I would say this is definitely uh, a very good movie. And I imagine uh, in the top tier of animation for this year, um, there are a couple things in it that I have questions about. I don't think I have any major reservations, but you know, like things that maybe we can talk about and see what we think about certain details. Yes. So we'll talk about the pros and the cons. And part of the reason why I was so excited about this movie is because uh, of its pedigree for me. Uh, it is a, the third film released by a studio called Cartoon Salon. And they are really an unsung hero in the animation field right now. Uh, they're out of Ireland, and they have made two films that have gotten Academy Award nominations uh, and that I think are quite spectacular. Uh, particularly, they did The Secret of the Kells, and they did Song of the Sea. And I, I think Secret of the Kells is, is a good movie, but I love Song of the Sea. It's almost... I, I debate. I have this continuing debate in my head about whether I like it better than Inside Out, which is huge price for me. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. But I just love it. It really, um, it, it, it's something I highly recommend. I know you said you hadn't seen it, but something I really recommend. It really spoke to me emotionally, and it's so beautiful. And so now they have this movie, The Breadwinner, and so they're really knocking it out of the park, all of their films, in my opinion. Yes. Um, yeah, like you said, I haven't really seen Song of the Sea, though I regret it because I've only heard great things about it. And The Secret of Kells, which I have seen, is also a pretty good movie. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, I think the common thread in their movies, at the very least, is that they're like gorgeous. They're yeah. beautiful, beautiful animation, 2D animation. And they're, uh, like you say, they are really one of the most uh, interesting studios working in animation today i would agree with that 100 percent exciting because the director nora to me i guess how you say your name uh so she is actually a co-founder with tom moore of cartoon salon and uh she it's pretty amazing there's not that many female directors in animation and so not only to be yeah. a director but also to be a founder of the studio is pretty cool yes and this is i think i think she uh co-directed The Secret of Kells, and this is her yes. first movie all by herself, right? Correct. 
Yeah, and she does a great job. I think it's a it's a pretty impressive movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And and it's cool to see that they can get out of that sort of Celtic um, inspired film. I mean, I guess that's Tom Moore's sort of wheelhouse <laughs> that he does. Uh, but uh, the it's cool to see the studio can do you know totally different uh, style of you know setting and everything yeah. and. Uh, but, um, but yeah, she's a pretty impressive, impressive woman, I think. What movie is uh, about a girl in Afghanistan, and uh, and she is. Uh, so we're gonna try to keep this somewhat spoiler free, but like we might, we're gonna say a, a little bit. You, you can't talk about it without saying a little bit. So, yeah. but anyway, she's from an Afghani family. This is during the the Taliban's rule. And uh, her father gets arrested, and she, as a daughter, has to pretend to be a boy in order to get basic food and supplies for her family. And so that's the basic structure of the story. And it's based on a novel by Deborah Ellis, and mm-hmm. it's a very loose adaptation of said novel. <laughs> so yeah so Rachel you have actually read the novel which I hadn't yes. read and I actually didn't know it was based on a novel until basically the closing credits of the movie yeah, yeah it, so, like I said it's a loose yeah. adaptation there's a lot that's not in the movie uh, that's in the book uh, but uh, it's it's interesting what do you think of this just this basic premise of this idea of this girl having to sort of pretend to be a man in Afghanistan as the base story. Well, on the one hand, it's a very, it's a familiar premise, right? Mm Because I think the idea of a woman dressing up as a man to get a, to get ahead, we have seen before. And it's sort of like one of those archetypical stories that comes again and again in culture. You know, we have obviously Mulan and then you have like Shakespeare, something like Twelfth Night and that sort of thing. So I think this is, Uh, one of those stories in which you take this sort of familiar premise and then uh, apply it to a very specific time and place, Mm -hmm. which I think uh, they do quite well in the movie, right? They, um, I think it's depiction of Afghanistan during the, the Taliban rule is, is, is fairly nuanced and and detailed. Um, I mean, I'm not an expert on that sort of thing, but as far as, I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I thought it, it rang uh, pretty much truthful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the question that I have about it is more on the side of um, I just have this sort of struggle with movies that are about very, you know, serious sort of world problems. There's always the question of tone and how you're going to handle it. And this being an animated movie. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously animation in America, we have this whole thing of whether this debate of whether or not animation is for kids, because there's not really no reason why it should. It's just a medium. doesn't mean that it always has to be for family audience. But I do think just based on uh, Cartoon Saloon's uh, previous movies that Mm -hmm. they are going for a bit of a family audience. So had this question in my head because I feel like if I was a kid and I saw this movie there's a lot of intense moments that it maybe would have had an effect on me yeah and the book has more of a the book is is it's a short book it's just it's written for it's a um like a middle grade 
novel, so it's, it's written for young, pretty young kids. Uh, it, there, there are some darker elements that are changed, and it's made a little more whimsical in a way, and they focus more on the stories that she tells uh, than mm. in the book. But it's mm. also, I don't know, there's something about the way that, the, the, that she sort of narrates it in the book that I think makes it uh, more kid kid friendly even with those darker elements yeah i could see that i actually was going to ask you about that because i get the feeling that i mean the movie is not you know everything that is sort of violent about the movie is only suggested right there isn't really anything shown that is particularly uh jarring but you do get a suggestion of like how difficult it is for her and and all the horror that she has to endure in this in this milieu so to say yeah i think in the book some even like there's a scene there's a, a long section in the book where they are her and her friend uh are uh, digging up bones at a cemetery and selling them and they make a good profit doing this and and so that's like a darker thing they don't show in the movie but in the book it's kind of played off as more of an adventure than it is like a dark thing really you know they're like they're doing this sort of risky thing and so it's sort of an adventure and i don't think you necessarily there's never i don't think that sense of sort of like an adventure or that she's like it's always pretty tense in the movie of what she's doing It is. Even though you get with that friend character, uh, I think you get a, a, a lot of moments of, um, I don't know if I would say levity, but, you know, you get a sense of, like, life and, you know, life spirit in a lot of it. Um, you kind of see sort of, like, the little things that make life uh, beautiful, even in these dire circumstances. I think the movie has that throughout, even though, like you say, in it's a very, you know, heavy subject matter. Yeah. And I think there's, it's also, it's always tricky when you're reading something, you can kind of temper it in your, how you're reading it versus when you see it and you hear like the, the guards, for instance, like they're, they're pretty, they're pretty harsh and we'll talk about uh, coming, but, but yeah, there's just, it's always a different experience of like reading versus because uh, you and you provide that interpretation as a reader and so yeah it's interesting I, I i think they do a pretty good job controlling tone i do think that the um the the storytelling and we'll talk more about that too the, but the storytelling segments do help to kind of give you a break from all the tension uh, what did you think of parvana as a character um parvana as a character, character. let's see um Well, if we're talking about an animation standpoint, I think uh, I think the character is very well designed. I think the design mm -hmm. of the character is very beautiful. And I, I get the sense that it's inspired on that famous Afghani girl picture from, you know, the National Geographic cover of mm -hmm. the girl with her red scarf and the green eyes, which is kind of how we see Parvana when we first meet her. Then, yeah. of course, she disguises herself as a boy. Um, And I think in that sense, I think the, the animation is very expressive and, and she has these like big eyes that are also telling us a lot about her character mm -hmm. and the way she's animated. Um, from a writing standpoint, I think um, she fits in a sort of a tradition of, I think, uh, kid 
protagonists in stories that are very focused on one goal. In this case, is you know providing for her family and also finding a way to uh, get her father out of prison. Mm-hmm. And and that's and so that's what I was going to bring in the the book because I was wondering uh, if maybe the book was told from her first person perspective or like if you spend a lot of time inside her head because I did get a little bit of that sense in the movie that uh, even though her goals are very clear and we get a sense of her personality I felt like she still remained a little bit of a personality enigma to me in certain points so it mm-hmm. seems very much like a point of view character for me brought from a book it's kind of what yeah. I feel about the Harry Potter movies for example mm. you have definitely- a you definitely get more in her head in the book for sure. Uh, and um, uh, you, it, it's, it's definitely sort of more focused on her and less on the family as a whole, which you definitely, I think see maybe a little more of in the movie. Uh, but <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, th- I think that she's a, a good character. I think you feel for, her. I think she's well-voiced. I think uh, they did a good job uh, selecting a, a voice that feels like her voice, and uh, it's I don't know she's somebody who uh, isn't like some kind of perfect character. Like she, she you know she makes mistakes and she gets petty and, and frustrated and and uh, and discouraged and all those things. And she can be very brave and she can be scared. And so I, I think she's a pretty good protagonist for the story. Yeah, you're right. Um, she, we do get a lot of of her, of different sides of her, um, mm-hmm. especially towards the beginning, right? I, I think of the moment when the sister asks her to bring water to the house, and she doesn't like to do it, but she does it anyway. That mm-hmm. rang very true to me, and and it yeah. felt like what a, you know, what a girl of her age, uh, how she would react to to having to provide for her family. Um, so I thought that was an interesting tension. And I do feel that maybe we lose a little bit of that to, as the movie goes along, which makes sense because things get more tense and she's more focused on her mission as things go on, right? Um, uh, I don't know. I just got the feeling that maybe I wanted a little bit more of that personality to linger throughout. Uh, but even then, it's not, you know, I, I agree with you. I think she's overall... a a very good character and mm-hmm. also like an interesting you know role model and yeah. yeah and obviously every time we have a strong like dimensional female lead i you know i think that's always great mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think so and so it's interesting because she on the surface is not the most like whimsical character but she tells all of these stories and so uh, what did you think of these fantasy sequences that the movie has? And uh, do you think of them in the movie? And uh, what did you think the movie was trying to say with them? Yeah, those are good questions. So basically, um, just to let the you know listeners know a little bit, throughout the movie, Parvana is asked by different characters to tell a story. And she tells little bits of the story as this as the movie goes on. So it's mm-hmm. kind of, I think this the story uh, is used as a bit of a palate cleanser in a way because you know it's a pretty heavy movie so I can understand mm-hmm. why the directors and writers would have wanted to find some sort of levity 
uh, and I think the story structure is a clear way to do that. Um, about the stories themselves and their purpose, I think, first of all, I think that the animation is beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's this sort of, it's kind of like a paper animation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what it looks like, like, like two-dimensional uh, paper uh, sort of characters yeah. moving around. Um, it is yeah. quite beautiful. Yeah, they use a, a, a software called uh, TV Paint. It's called. It's, it's a, and uh, it gives it kind of a, a hand drawn, even a paper mache look at times, and uh, but it it's it's got that two D you know thing, which is so refreshing you know, with all these animated films that the mainstream animated films that look the same. Yeah. The same. So it almost feels like like. Uh, shadow puppetry in some ways the way the yeah. characters move in that section i think it's yeah i think it's very impressive and very beautiful to watch yeah i agree and it's um about this it's about this boy who stands up to the elephant king you know it's sort of the story and that continues throughout the thing and i think there's trying to i think say sort of the power of storytelling to sort of escape all these horrible things that are happening into this family and to her and, and everything and how it can give you courage. And, and uh, so I, it's certainly not a, um, it's certainly, I'm glad they're in the movie because it's so beautiful and uh, uh, I enjoy them, but I do think that they can, they maybe used a tiny too much of them. Uh, They could have, if I was going to say a, a downside is I, it can be a little distracting from the, from the whole narrative because it's so different than everything else that's in the movie, but it's so beautiful that I don't really mind it that much because I love animation. And so I don't know, I guess I, I, I can see why some people would say it's a distraction because it is a little bit, but I, it's a lovely distraction, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think we're, on, we're pretty much in the same boat about the, these, um, story interludes um i definitely agree with you with the fact that um they're beautiful of course i also think like you say that the um i think the structural purposes purpose of the stories is very clear that they wanted to you know change the tone for little moments kind of give us a little bit of a breath Mm -hmm. um but i think like you say, when you describe the story of the, you know, the story within the story, um, it's a little unclear to me what exactly they wanted to say in terms, in terms of theme and that sort of thing. You say, you know, power of storytelling, which is valid, but I think it's a little vague and it's not 100% related to Parvana's, you know, arc as a character in the movie. It feels more like a, you know, like a little bit of shading of her character more than something essential that required that much screen time to, yeah. to get to us. Um, yeah, but, but like I say, from a story, from a structure perspective, I think uh, they definitely wanted something to, you know, balance out the heaviness of the main storyline. And I do think they, when we talk about the pace of the movie, and it, taking it out of the story, I think they do a pretty good job of keeping the story interludes fairly short, so that you don't, you know, you don't spend mm-hmm. too much time in that uh, story within the story before going back. It feels mm-hmm. almost like a little break. 
And I think that yeah. was a pretty smart way to do it, even if I don't think the whole thing is 100% successful. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, she's not the most like whimsical character. So in a way, maybe it, it's a it's a little bit interesting to have her be telling these whimsical stories because it's not like she's one of those characters uh, that like has her nose in a book all the time. She's not like an Anne Shirley kind of character, let's say, or or something like that, that uh, that's very like super imaginative and stuff. So it, it's, it's sort of an interesting, an interesting thing that they do. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah, it mostly works, I would say. Yeah. It's interesting because when we meet her, we don't really, like you say, we don't really get a, a scene in which she's like happily telling the stories, right? Like yeah. the first time she tells the story, her dad asks her to tell the story for her little brother and she's kind of having a rough day and doesn't really want to do it, but her dad convinces her to do it. So we kind of hear from the characters that she's really good at telling stories and that she really likes telling stories. But we don't really get that until maybe later in the movie when she decides to tell the story to the friend. Um, that's when we get a little bit more of that like sense that she actually enjoys telling the stories and she gets something out of it. So I think maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So we learn, we see the Taliban here in this movie and particularly there is one young man who basically like hates her father because uh, he, you know, because her father was a teacher and, and, uh, and he's kind of out to, out to get him really. And, uh, um, and I have to admit, I did not know that under the, I mean, I guess I probably could have assumed, but under the Taliban that like women couldn't even leave basically leave the house without their husband like i i i I don't know i just never i didn't know that they like couldn't buy basic shopping you know items i actually incredibly traumatic when her father does get arrested and uh but uh the the fact that like that wouldn't even that wouldn't even play into like i don't know what they expected these people to do but it but Mm -hmm. boy i mean it's it's pretty tough like what did you uh what did you think about the taliban and this young man that that's the um, main antagonist yeah um absolutely i think uh in terms of you know uh i guess social science perspective to the movie i think it is very uh effective and instructional in kind of painting a portrait of what life under the taliban was like like you say you know, I was in a similar position to you in which I had heard about how it was, how the rights of women were limited and there were all these like very strict rules about everything. But really seeing it in this movie, put it into perspective, right? Like yeah. the whole story of Pravana now that her dad is gone and basically none of her family is allowed to go out of the house and they can't really even buy food it really puts things into a, into a very personal perspective. And I think it's um, a very effective way to do that and a very valuable way to do that, especially if uh, when you're reaching to a younger audience, right? It's, I think uh, it's a very effective way into talking about those uh, issues. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but then on the other hand, you have this, uh, Taliban characters, which are, um, well, the young man that you speak of is like, he's just the worst, right? He's yeah. just like a, like a, a bad guy and he has very little nuance. 
Um, and you see a, a, a number of male characters with, uh, that behave in that way throughout the movie, I think. Um, towards the end of the movie, we see a character who comes to interact with the mom and the sister that it, I also thought was very aggressive and very, you know, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it feels like they, they don't really feel as much uh, like characters as they do like, you know, kind of like figures to put us in the, in the overall mood of what the Taliban perspective is, was like. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that's, I think that's sort of the thing that you run into when you want to deal with these, um, you know, geopolitical issues and make movies about these uh, circumstances. You always have to thread the needle when you're, you know, uh, depicting these sort of regimes. And uh, the irony is that sometimes you're doing a very accurate representation of what they were like, but just because of how we're, uh, wired to process stories they might ring like exaggerated or false even though they aren't you know it's it's a weird needle to yeah spread. it's true that's a really good point and also like you have to remember that this is coming from the perspective of a child you know so like it's going to be maybe the exaggeration is uh is going to be understandable because that's the way most kids see the world you know they see it in somewhat black and white kind of terms uh, but I, I I don't know it it's it's harsher than in the book. There are definitely some. I mean, I guess she does have in the movie. She has the the one uh, shopkeeper who's willing to help her a little bit and 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 try to give try to help her to her father. There are some men that are that are helpful and and kind. Uh, but um. Yeah, and there's obviously the guy, there's one important character that she interacts with uh, who ends up helping her get her father. And I think he's supposed to be a, like an officer of some sort, right? That was a little unclear to me. Yeah. Uh, I'm was... talking about the older guy who uh, gives her a letter and then he kind of, she kind of teaches him how to read and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was an interesting character, I thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was interesting. I kind of forgot about him, but you're right. And that is he the one that gives, tells her to go talk to his cousin, or is that? Yeah, yeah, that's him. Okay, okay, yeah. I was thinking, am I getting my people confused? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and he's the one who brings a letter for Pravana yeah. to uh, translate. Like, you know, one of the things that she does in order to get money for her family is mm -hmm. to. Uh, read letters and uh, write letters for people who don't know how to write and read. And I think that scene with the letter was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I thought that was very moving the way they handle that whole thing. It's a very, it's the letter that has bad news in it, let's say. Yeah. Not like spoil too much, but it's a, <laughs> a pretty moving scene. Yeah, that is a good scene. That is, that is good. Yeah, that's true. And I, you know, I, I, I think that, I guess maybe they they could have made uh the the young man just a little softer but like I, I I think it I mean what he's doing is a pretty horrible thing and so like it kind of makes sense I mean he's taking their father away and for doing like for being a teacher basically and uh 
you know, I don't know. So it's, it, it's yeah. a harsh thing that he's doing. So it kind of um, makes sense that he's harsh, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely room to have a version of this story in which you can present that character as a little bit more nuanced or, mm-hmm. you know, um, but this wasn't it. And, you know, you do get other nuanced characters and there is, I think I'm a little unsure about this, but I do think there is some sort of value in showing someone who has been, who has bought 100% into the regime and the mentality. And yeah. it's like, you know, on the other side completely. Yeah. Um, even if it is a little hard to watch um, the sort of things that he does and the other soldiers do during the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. This is a survival story at its core about sort of human survival and, and this family. Um, I guess it is. I guess it is. Uh, yeah, survival. I would say resilience. It's uh-huh. really a story about, you know, finding a creative way to get out of a terrible situation and just like keep going. Um it, it makes me think, for example, of the of the friend character who is one who is uh, very resourceful and is, is, has found a lot of coping mechanisms and ways to uh, figure out a way to keep going, even though she's also in a pretty bad situation. And we get the sense that her situation at home with her dad is is pretty bad. Um, so I was very, I was actually very moved by that character. I think that might have been my favorite character, and I was really interested in her personality and how she she was very you know inspiring to me the way she could she was trying to get through this all this whole thing and she found new ways in which she could just keep going no matter what was going on yeah she's a very hopeful character and i i think that the overall in the end the overall message of this movie is is hope is is never giving up uh and and having hope even in 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 the toughest times and her sister is an interesting character her basically ends up having to be kind of married off as like the family's like last sort of survival tactic um yeah. which is such a weird thing for us to think about you know on so many levels but that's like the that's their desperation hope is that like she can the mother writes you know like please basically like marry my daughter and save our family kind of a thing yeah and i think i agree with you i think the sister character was very interesting and very well done and especially in her relationship to parwana you we see how she how you know they really interact like a big sister and a little sister at the beginning yeah. of the movie and then as the things uh get worse and you know the plot happens they their relationship changes and you see different sides of the relationship um I think we could have had a little bit more of the sister, to be honest. Yeah. Um, even though, but that might be just because I'm like so interested in the character. I think she's a very interesting character. But um, yeah, but it's definitely an effective relationship and an effective character. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the ending with with her kind of when they re when they basically like reunite the way they do. I don't know. I think that's really good. And uh, yeah, yeah. And um, the ending is also, you know, speaks to what you were saying about the theme of hope and resilience and that sort of thing, because I think it's a hopeful ending, but it's, but uh, it's a little bit ambiguous in its hope, yeah. I think, right? It's not like... That's true. It, I think it's an interesting ending. 
for a for a movie that I think is going to be seen by a lot of children. Like, I wonder what a child would make out of that ending. Um, I'm just curious about that. And I'm not saying that yeah. it's a good or bad idea. It's like, it's definitely more complex in its in what it's yeah. saying than most of the endings of the animated movies that we get. Yeah, yeah it really is. There's not a sense of necessarily like, I don't know. It's not like, say sound of music where they're climbing the mountain and there's this like you know whatever like the yeah. leaving the nazis goodbye it's, it's yeah. not that that sense of sort of an ending uh, it's definitely more of like there's still a lot of bad gonna happen to these characters coming down the road real soon <laughs> yeah, yeah you, get the, you get the sense that there's still a lot to yeah. go through for these for this family because her mother goes from being basically like bedridden in her grief like she can't even like leave her bed like she's just so devastated to like uh to being i think somewhat empowered by the end like, you know in re- um yeah yeah that's also an interesting character arc that i i would you know if i if i when i see the movie a second time maybe i can yeah. uh pay a little bit more attention to the mother. She's an interesting character that I didn't fully track the first time, but I think maybe, you know, second or third view, it might reveal more about that, what exactly happens with her. Yeah. It is a film with, I think, a lot of layers. And uh, and I I would definitely, I think it's one that you could watch with kids. I I, I say there's certain movies to me, this first family films that I, I think are, I call them Sunday films. Mm-hmm. That, like I think are great for because Sunday you ha- at least in my house you have time to like sit and talk and and the you know time to really absorb things as opposed to like a Friday night movie to me is more of like a fun silly movie anyway I have these oh I like that that's an interesting <laughs> that's an interesting organization of of movie time that's really cool actually yeah <laughs> say uh, maybe for a little bit older kids like I would I would by ear you know depending on what your kid is like yeah. um i could imagine uh, there's some pretty intense things i was a pretty sensible child so i think you know before i was like seven or eight i probably would have had a very strong and maybe like a little heavy reaction to this movie for example like you know yeah. um but it's definitely worth worth it if you think that your kid can handle a, like a complex condition yeah. sort um, I think it's definitely worth it. Just really enjoyed this movie. It was uh, it was one like I said I was eagerly anticipating, and uh, it I think pretty much lived up to my expectations. It's not perfect, but uh, uh, but I think the main thing is maybe just some of that transitioning from the main flaw I see with it. I guess is some of the transitioning from the fantasy sequences to the narrative maybe c- could is a little clunky, but. I, I I still just really really enjoyed enjoyed the film. So yeah, I agree. I think it's a very good movie for what it's trying to do. And I think uh, even though I agree with you that it has flaws, I think it's an interesting enough movie that it's that it's even worth talking about those flaws and what they say about the movie and how mm. people react to them. Um, so yeah, I think it's a very worthwhile movie. And before we wrap up, I also think to get in the mind a little bit of uh, animation uh, mm-hmm. aficionado, uh, <laughs> I think uh, 
I would say, well, you know, we said it before, Cartoon Salon, uh, known for their beautiful movies, beautiful 2D animation. This movie is very beautiful. I think in particular, well, the, the stories, the story within the story, like we said, it's beautiful on its own, but I think the main uh, part of the story is also quite beautifully animated. Yeah, that's and true. I was particularly impressed uh, by the ways they use lighting and lights in the movie. Mm. I think, I really can't think of a, of a movie, maybe some of the Leica movies that have used light in such a mm. specific way to, you know, all kinds of different types of light, like just like, and it's not just like difference between candlelight and sunlight, but like when it's morning, it's the light is like very stark mm. and bright and white. And then when it's in the evening, it's all very warm. So I think there's a lot going mm. on with the lighting in the movie and it makes it look absolutely gorgeous. I agree. I think it really helps create tone. I also think that the score is wonderful in this. I think it, it manages to work for both the whimsical parts and the really tense parts. And the, uh, I think uh, the, it's, uh, I think they did a excellent job with the score of the, of the movie. It just yeah. it helps a lot. Yeah. I think if anything, the score is one of the things that helps the most in bridging between mm -hmm. the two stories. And, you know, even though, you know, I, I've heard some people complain about the, the transition, but I think, uh, the score does a lot to make it as yeah. seamless as possible. Agreed. I totally agree. Uh, so I, I think you, on letterbox, you, uh, you give a three and a half. Um, yeah, I'm not taking those ratings too seriously at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but I think I could, I, it was between a three and a half and a, and a four stars. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I think I could bump it up a little bit. Um, it was a, it was a very good movie. I thought. Yeah. I give it four on letterbox also four stars. I think it on rewatch, it will even improve. And I, we saw this both on a screener. And so I'm really looking forward to actually seeing it in the theater, getting that full experience. Yeah, Hopefully that would eventually. be great. That yeah, that would be a really worthwhile experience. Yeah. Um, my guess is that it's opening in limited release this weekend, and then or next weekend. Probably, yeah. In a, and then it's gonna expand slowly. Yeah, LA, New York, and uh, comes to Salt Lake Film Society at the Broadway Theater on December first. Uh, here in utah so uh right. you want to check out your art house kind of cinemas in the next two two to three weeks you'll yeah. probably be seeing it so seems like it's already playing here in new york and probably in la if not now probably next week and then you know by december you'll probably get it wherever you are yeah and i think it's definitely worth worth checking out it's not one of those like there's some indie films that i i know like are are not that aren't all that accessible but i really like them like i really loved the girl without hands uh but that that came out this year but that i admit that that's that is not going to be an animated film for everybody uh mm -hmm. but i this i think I, I think it has uh enough it's, it's an accessible movie i really think for uh an average moviegoer i don't think you have to be like an indie person to, to yeah. like this movie you know what i mean i yeah i do i do know what you mean and i agree with what you say mm -hmm. yeah so okay well thanks for joining me to talk about this i really want to you know try to get the word out about these movies because it really has been where it's at 
in animation this year is with these indie films and uh this is one of my favorites so i really appreciate you joining absolutely i'm always happy to be here to talk movies (laughs) oh thanks and so where can people find you uh people can find me on twitter that would be at coco hits new york and they can also find me at my blog coco hits new york.wordpress.com um where i try to post reviews as much as possible i just posted one for three billboards outside ebbing missouri and i am trying to write something about the spongebob square fans musical that ah. i just saw a preview of here in new york and it was i gotta tell you it was very interesting I yeah think, yeah i think it was a it was a good time and i think it has a very interesting message so i'm um, yeah, I'm seeing if I can bring myself to write something about it and put it in the blog. Cool. I can't wait to read that. That'll be really fun. So yeah, you can find me. Uh, my blog is 54 Disney Reviews. I'm at Smiling LDS Girl on social media. And uh, I we are now on iTunes at Rachel's Reviews. So I'm kind of all over the place, but uh, you want to check that out. And uh, And so, yeah, I just posted my response on my blog to the list of uh, Oscar eligible animated films that they post 26 films i have to say pretty proud of the fact i've seen 19 of those 26 films uh and uh, (laughs) i gotta knock out those those seven remaining but uh but anyway breadwinner is certainly on there so yeah you're gonna check that out on the blog and uh so anyway thanks so much for joining me and uh, we'll have to get together again soon all right